Well, let me say it uh, once again to you this morning. Happy Mother's Day. I'm glad that uh, so many mothers joined us this morning. A lot of family here. You know, um, the job of mom never quits. It never stops, does it? I don't care how old your kids get. Um, no matter if you're a grandma, a great-grandma, great-great-grandma, you're still mom, aren't you? You know, I, we need to remember that. I, I've I got to share this cute little thing I came across this week. Um, it's called, What is a Grandmother? This is for all of my uh, grandmothers here this morning. I know there's a lot of you who have kids in the house, but there's still many of you here this morning. That's, you're in the grandma phase. And this is, What is a Grandmother? by a third grader. I like this. A grandmother is a lady who has no children of her own. She likes other people's little boys and girls. A grandfather is a man grandmother. He goes for walks with boys, and they talk about fishing and stuff like that. Grandmothers don't have to do anything except be there. They're old, so they shouldn't play hard or run. It is enough if they drive us to the market where the pretend horse is and have a lot of dimes ready. Or if they take us for walks, they should slow down past things like pretty leaves and caterpillars. They should never say, hurry up. I like this one. It says, usually grandmothers are fat. (laughs) But not too fat to tie your shoes. They wear glasses and funny underwear. (laughs) Wow, this is hitting a little too close to home for some of you, isn't it, there? Uh, They can take... Uh, They can take their teeth and gums out. Wow. (laughs) I like this. Grandmothers don't have to be smart. Only answer questions like, why isn't God married? And how come dogs chase cats? Grandmothers don't talk baby talk like visitors do because it is too hard to understand them. When they reach us, they don't skip or mind if it's the same story over and over again. Everybody should try to have a grandmother, especially if you don't have a television. (laughs) Oh, I just thought that was so precious. What a good reminder of the roles the moms play in our lives. I'm very thankful for those motherly influences that I've had. I'm thankful for my mom and my grandmothers and those aunts and those, you know, and my wife, the mother for our family and I mean, those are special, special relationships that we cannot forget. I hope today that as we come to the time of of studying God's Word, that we can find a blessing for all of us, not just the moms here. We know we got some dads here, and we got kids here, and in between. But I hope there's a blessing for us today in what God has for us. Now, this morning, we are going to continue in our series that we've been in now for several weeks in 1 Corinthians, but... I'm doing something, I'm kind of compromising a little bit because I didn't want to talk about the next passage that in, our, in the order. You know, we were, the, we were getting to chapter 7, and we'll get to that next week. But I, so I'm doing something, I'm skipping. Don't be mad at me, but I'm getting out of order of our study because there's actually a part of uh, 1 Corinthians that, we're, that we've been studying that I want us to look at today for Mother's Day specifically. In fact, it's the part of the letter of 1 Corinthians that's probably best known. I mean, it's been quoted and used in so many different places and times and occasions. We know it well. It's 1 Corinthians 13. 
it's the, it's the love chapter. You know, we know these verses, but it's a, hopefully a blessing today. The, the message this morning is, what's love got to do with it? And we're going to sing that song. You know, that, they are, some of my musicians were uh, uh, joking that was going to be our invitational song this morning. It's not going to be, I promise. But what's love got to do with it? The answer is everything, right? Everything. I mean, love is, is such an awesome and mighty answer to so many things uh, going on in our life. And I want you to see this morning, you know, I know these, these verses, these words are going to be quite familiar to you. I mean, even, even if being in church is not something you do a lot of times, you've heard a lot of the words that come out of 1 Corinthians 13. And I don't want you to think this morning that I'm just going to stand up here to do a message of, you know what, you just need to love everybody and just be nice and just try your hardest and be happy. That's not what we're talking about this morning. Hopefully we're going to see this morning, we're going to get a kind of a new definition of the kind of love that we have, the ability that we have to love others, and what God has to say to us about how it gets better and stronger in our life. So let's look at the passage together. Again, very familiar words, but it's so worth reading. 1 Corinthians chapter 13. Let's just go through the passage together, starting in verse 1 as it comes on the screen. It says this, If I speak in the tongues of men or of angels, but do not have love, I am only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy... And can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge. And if I have faith that can move mountains, but I do not have love, I am nothing. If I give all I possess to the poor and give over my body to hardship that I may boast, but do not have love, I gain nothing. Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Love never fails. But where there are prophecies, they will cease. Where there are tongues, they will be stilled. Where there is knowledge, it will pass away. For we know in part, and we prophesy in part, but when completeness comes, what is in part disappears. When I was a child, I talked like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. When I became a man, I put the ways of childhood behind me. For now we see only a reflection as in a mirror. Then we shall see face to face. Now I know in part, then I shall know fully, even as I am fully known. And now these three remain, faith, hope, and love. But the greatest of these is love. Now, some of you this morning might be wondering, why am I preaching to moms on Mother's Day about love when moms are supposed to be the experts in love? Right? I mean, a 
mother's love is a famous thing. There's that switch that happens when you see it in a mother's life. I mean, it happens for fathers too, but there's something with the with a mom just you know, carrying that child and, and just the, the bonding that happens. And you become mom. I mean, moms will move mountains, will go to great distances to take care of that child. I mean, the love that a mother shares for that small child is so amazing. So why would I come in this morning to a bunch of moms who are very loving and preach about love? You know, I, it, it really is true that a mother's love is, is amazing. It, it, it adds so much value and, and even strength and energy in that mother's life. I, I see this happen every single morning in, in my house. Let me tell you how I know this is true. Monday through Friday, uh, Penny is the first one up in our house. She gets up a little before everybody to get ready, have, have her own breakfast time and quiet. I'm... I'm up after her, and then a few minutes after I get up, the boys get up. Now, I'm sure Penny would agree with me um, that neither one of us are morning people. So she's kind of woken up, she's kind of getting around her day, and then I wake up, and the normal greeting between husband and wife here goes something like this. I'm, you know, just barely waking up, and she walks back into the room, and she goes, uh. And I go, uh. You know, and, and we're, we're happy with that. We're okay with that. You know, I'm not doing myself any favor on Mother's Day, am I, right now? Uh, you know, and so, you know, we're just kind of walking in morning zombie state, you know, and she, you know, morning, morning. And then she does, I, I, it's amazing. It's amazing what happens. And mothers, you know this is true, because here's what she does. She's walking over to the boys' room, because by the time to get them, she's doing that. Oh, I've got to do another day, another day. And she puts her hand on the doorknob, and she opens that door, and when she steps across, it, Mary Poppins has come into our house. I mean, no joke. Good morning, good morning. Oh, hugs and kisses and cuddles, and oh, it's a great day, and I love you, I love you. I'm sitting back in the bedroom going, I get the, hmm, you know. You know, and she, oh, this, I mean, the energy, I mean, there's the love that just, I mean, suddenly gives that boost of energy, and she's, oh, playing with them, and let's talk, and we're excited about the day, and we're singing, and we're getting up, and she gets them into the, the breakfast table and gets them taken care of, and then she walks back in the bedroom and sees me, and I, several months later, with about one foot out of bed by this point, she goes, oh. <laughs> she doesn't really do that. She's not that bad. No. It's just amazing, you know, I mean, and I'm, I'm not being mean at all. Sorry, dear, if you've been offended back there. I love you. Um, you know, just that mother's love. I mean, that suddenly gives the passion and the drive and, and the energy and zeal. I mean, it's awesome. I'm going to see it every day, and I understand that. However, moms, don't get mad at me here. I've got to say something. If you've got rotten vegetables in your purse, that now is not the time to throw them, Okay. I'm going to kind of get over here close to the door in case y'all come after me. I can, I can run off. I've I got to say something this morning. This is the answer to why we're preaching about love. As wonderful as you are, love. Let me get a little bit closer to the door here for a second. Your love is not perfect. Okay, it's safe. All right. I'm watching. Uh-oh. Mom's saying, what, my love ain't perfect? I carried that baby for nine months. Don't tell me. You know, I'll show you love, right? 
I'm sorry, your love is not perfect. Nor is a father's, nor is a son or daughter's. Your love is not perfect. I'm not saying that to insult you, hurt you, uh, beat you down, anything like that. But your love is not perfect. None of our love is perfect. You know, we see this passage that describes the awesome attitude and characteristics of love. And sometimes, I'm going to tell you right now, I think this passage can be kind of dangerous. We hear these words, and then we suddenly look at our own life and go, oh, wait, maybe I'm in a little bit of trouble. I didn't do very good at that. And even moms go through that. Now, let me quickly highlight for you some of the things that, that this passage is trying to teach you and me, moms and dads and everybody else in between, about love. The first thing God is trying to get across to us through what Paul was writing back then is this, that no matter what you do, if you don't have love, that thing doesn't account for much, right? And it's not talking about just in parenting world. It's e- that, that's kind of easy to apply when it comes to being a mom or dad. You know, you love, you're raising that child, you're responsible for that child, but you, you love that child, and so that love is what sticks. But it goes way beyond that. All the things you do in this life, all the roles God calls you to, even as far as when you are walking and operating in the spiritual gifts God has given you, if you're not doing so in love, those things stand for nothing. They won't last. They don't have value. If I'm going to stand up here and preach the gospel and do what I believe God has called me to do in my life, but have no love in doing it, it won't account for anything. Now think about this, friends. This comes down to not only how you parent, how you work, how you go about your day, and even how you talk to other people. I want to remind you, as Scripture is telling us, if the things you do in your day, the interactions you have, and the ways you fulfill the roles God has put put in your life, if you're not doing them in an attitude of love, then they really don't have much value. Maybe that's kind of tough to hear sometimes, but we need to be reminded that even the work that I do, and the the taking care of my family, and all the things God has called me to do, even as I speak to someone else, that it has to come from a place of love. I mean, Paul's saying you can have all the things of this world, all the things of this life, but if you don't have love, They are nothing. There's no value there. So the passage starts by this reminder of the importance of having love in what you do and in what you say. Now, I'll be the first to admit that a lot of times I look back on the things that I do and the things that I say, and I can pretty easily mark mark out when I did those things without love behind them. So we've got to be reminded that all that we do, all that we say, all the things we go about with work of our hands have, has to be from an attitude of love. Now, if you're struggling with that, just hang on a minute because we're going to talk about how to help you in that area. But just kind of take that to start off with, that love has to be a part of what we do. Then, at the end of the passage, it reminds us of something else. It says that if we're walking with God, if we're claiming the name of Christ, if we say we are His creation, made new 
by the sacrifice of Jesus, then our capacity to have and to show love should be developing and maturing the longer that we live. So it's this, the older that you get, the more love you should have. Now, is that always true for people? You and I both know there's examples where that does not ring true. But Paul is saying here, he's saying, I was a child. I acted in those, unchild, in those childish ways when, I, the, when it was about what I wanted. I kept record of wrongs, and I wasn't kind, and I boast. All those things that love was not supposed to be. He says, when I was a child, I was like that, but now I am not. And I have put off those old things. I have put away the childhood. He's saying that his His capacity to show, to demonstrate, to live in an attitude of love is increasing day by day. So let me just ask you this. This is kind of personal inventory check down time for yourself. If you look back on your life, the life you have lived in Christ, can you say, I know you can't claim perfection, but can you say that you have matured and developed and deepened in your ability to demonstrate, to speak out, to show love in your words and in your actions, in the things that you do. Not just with your kids or your grandkids, but those around you. We are supposed to develop and mature. Tomorrow you should be able to love someone a little bit easier than you did today. Now, if you're here this morning, you're looking back and going, hmm, you know, that's really not me. I don't don't think I've increased in my capacity to show love, my ability to, to speak those kind of words to somebody else. And there's a problem. Because your Christian life should be one of development, of growth. There will be setbacks, there will be times you don't get it right, we understand it, but love should develop. Now, But I want to see one other thing about the the end of the passage, because here's why I told you your love is not perfect. Because even Paul admits here that I don't have it right yet. He says, then, he's talking about in heaven, I will be fully known. He says, kind of like I get the glimpse of it now. I'm trying now. I'm doing what I can now. I am maturing now, but I don't have it down. I'm not perfect. Then, one day, when I stand in the presence of the Almighty God, then I'll understand it fully. That's why at the end of the past says, of the, all the other things have passed away, but these three remain, faith, hope, and love. The greatest is love. You realize when we're in heaven with Christ, we don't need faith, we don't need hope. We've received it. We're living the, the blessing, the reward, right? It's right there. But what will absolutely stay and remain and be an absolute essential part of who we are and what we do is love. So this is actually a good reminder, friends. You cannot be perfect in love. You're going to fail sometimes. Let's just get the pressure off of us right now. Because sometimes, and I know it's true with moms, I know it's true with dads, I know it's just true with everybody, it's sometimes we feel like failures when we fail to show love properly. We struggle. But we know we're not going to be perfect in this. Only one day will we fully understand it. 
One day will we truly come to understand those characteristics, those, those lists, the list of what love is. Love is patient, love is kind, does not envy, does not boast, is not proud. You know, you probably have seen like me, uh, I don't know how many weddings where they've read out of 1 Corinthians 13, right? Here's what you're supposed to be. But I even heard, I've seen it done in weddings where they have the, the groom and the bride stand each other and they put their name in place of love. Right? If, like if it was me, I would say, Greg is or will be patient. Greg is kind. Greg does not envy. Greg does not boast. Greg is not proud. Greg is a liar. Okay? The, you know what? In truth, that is actually dangerous. I'm not joking. It is dangerous to overapply this. And here's why. Guess what? Those, all the list of what love is and what is not, it ain't about you. You know who it's describing? God. That perfect picture, the one who is always kind, you know, who is never boasting, who does not, who never keeps the record of wrongs, who's always says, it's God. Because if I look at the passage, and I don't care how much maturity I have gained in my Christian life, there's times I look at that passage and I say, Greg wasn't very patient today. And I was pretty self-seeking today. And I was easily angered. And I sure remember the wrongs. Now, my Christian life should be one that I am growing in such a way. My love should be increasing and deepening in such a way I see less and less and less of that. Okay? But that is the description we see in Scripture is a description of God. It's what we should aim for. It's what we should want. But I shouldn't say the day that I go home and I'm an I'm a impatient husband or father or proud, or boastful, any of those things. I should not say, well, I'm a huge failure. I'm a bad husband, a bad father, bad because I failed. Because I cannot fully gain that perfection. And I know there's a lot of people who struggle today. I see especially with parents, I think a lot of young moms and even dads really struggle with this, that when you, you know, you got the little ones around, you got a stressful situation, and whether it's to the kids or whether it's to friends or coworkers, you find yourself regularly being not very patient and not very kind and not, you know, not really living up to the list. And you go, man, I want to be better at this. In fact, that's where I hope you are right now this morning is going, I want to be better at this. I want to be better at my capacity to, to have and to show love to others. I really want you to be in that place right now. But if you're going to increase that, that maturity, develop that ability to love someone else, your kids, your spouse, your friends, your brothers and sisters in Christ, if you're going you're gonna to develop that, well, I think you could choose between one of two ways, and one is wrong and one is right. Here's one way to do it. You could say, today with so-and-so, whether that's my kids, my spouse, this person I know, whoever, today, God, I promise, I'm going to try my hardest to be really kind. Today, I'm going to really try my best not to get easily angered or offended when, I, when they say something or when I see that the, you know, when the kid spills the milk again. 
God, today I'm going to try my best not to keep the record of the wrongs. Now that's one option. You could go about I'm going to try to my best to live by the qualities of love that are listed there in Scripture. You know what that's going to do? If you just try your hardest, it's going to stress you out and wear you out. I promise you, I guarantee you. Because you don't become more loving by trying harder at the actions. It doesn't work that way. It is when I pursue love that I'm a better, I'm more patient, I'm more kind, I'm more... So if I don't go after trying the things, what are we to do? If you're here today and you're a mom or grandma or dad or anybody else, and you're going, man, sometimes I am not the things that 1 Corinthians 13 talks about of what love should be like. I struggle with these things. How do you get better at it? Not by trying to be those things. I just saying, I'm going to work my hardest. You know what you do? You develop and deepen and strengthen your love and your relationship with God. It's the only way to make it happen. Because if you try it in your own strength, if you try to be, I'm going to be the most patient and kind person I can be today, something is going to happen that's going to knock you over. I promise you, the day you make the commitment to say, I won't say one cross word to the children, is the day the children are going to break your most prized possession ever. It's going to be that day. All right? But if I say, you know what? First and foremost, I am going to develop and deepen my walk with God. Which means that ahead of the time that I spend with family, with kids, with spouse, or at work, or with anything else, that I'm going to put my priority of my time with God. I'm going to learn more about Him and have Him reveal things to me that's going on in my own life. I'm going to fall more in love with the person who is love. And you can honestly, I promise, it's a gift to yourself when you say, I'm going to stop trying to, in my own strength and ability, to be the kindest, gentlest, you know, loving person I can be. If it's by your strength, you will fail. But when you are developing a walk with God, when you are pursuing Him daily, when you're doing the practices that He has told us, will deepen that walk like being in Scripture, being in prayer, surrounding yourselves with His things, you know, getting rid of the influences and the ugly stuff that just berates your mind and your heart. When you surround yourself with the things of God, when you commit to living for Him, with Him, number one, priority Guess what naturally begins to happen? You're going to be more kind. You're going to go, where'd that kindness come from? It's going to be a whole lot harder to offend you. You're going to go, how did that happen? You're going to find yourself forgetting how that person hurt you and that record of wrongs or that thing the child did over and over again that you just, it's going to start going away. And you don't have to try to do it. You don't have to work your hardest to do it. It is the natural byproduct of you being in a love relationship with God. You see it today. 
There are parents, and I see with moms, but again, with dads too, and everybody else, the stress they put themselves under. And friends, I know that. I mean, last night, Penny and I went out for a, a Mother's Day dinner. We're driving home, we're talking about things with the kids and the you know, things we wish was going better. Or, you know, and I, I carry that stress. Maybe I haven't been kind enough or haven't done this enough. And maybe I need to try harder. I got to do more. I got to do this because I got to make sure they live up to my expectations. And, and, you know, I'll just try to love them the hardest I can. But my strength is going to fail. My ability to show love and be compassionate and be kind and not put myself first, not act in the childish ways, I can't do that on my own. But I've seen, I can point out times in my life that when I have said, you know what? God gets the first portion. He gets the first fruit of my day, of my attitude, of my choices. When I kind of lock myself away and say, you know what? Right now, before I get into anything else, before I start making decisions about my day, before I start even interacting with other people, I'm going to pursue a time with God. I'm not going to come before him and ask him for a bunch of stuff. I'm not going to say, here's my laundry list of my needs today. I'm going to sit in his presence. I'm not just going to talk to him. I'm going to read of his word. I'm going to think about the awesome nature that he is. I'm going to have this time with him. I'm going to fall more and more in love with God, with my Savior, Jesus Christ. And it is like an energy that just flows through the rest of my day. And when I start to feel like I'm not going to be very kind, when I'm going to start remembering that record of wrongs, and it's the, it's the voice that says, but don't you remember that time you had with me? Don't you remember that I love you and you love me? Guess what you can show that to that person, to that spouse, to that child, to that friend. You want to be a more loving person? You want to be more loving moms? It happens as you develop and deepen and strengthen your walk with God. It's the only way it happens. So when I tell you your love is not perfect, I realize mine is not either. And there's way too many times I can point at my own life and say, Greg, you really missed the mark on the characteristic of love. But that doesn't mean I'm a failure. It just means I'm not God. God is that imperfection. I'm not. But it's that moment I get to go to God and say, God, I failed. I messed up. I fell short of the mark you have set. God, teach me again with you how to do this, how to live this. Show me this quality and characteristic in you so that I may begin to show it to others. I think if we have more and more moms and dads and just Christians who are putting the priority of God first above the job you got to get to above the needs of the kids or the complaining of the the husband and say you know what God I'm going to fall more in love with God today you want to know what kind of blessing that will come that investment will have awesome returns So I say once again this morning, Happy Mother's Day.
I love you dearly. I'm so thankful for the moms. Mom in my life, the mom around others. But I say this to you, moms, stop wearing yourself out trying to get it 100% right in your own strength. Stop trying to, stop trying to uh, beating yourself down because you're not perfect. Don't. This morning, give yourself the gift that your children can't give you, your husband can't give you, no friend can give you. Give yourself the gift this morning of saying, I'm going to seek, pursue, and develop a more awesome, more loving relationship with God than with anything else in my life. That's the commitment you make today. That's the gift you've got to give yourself today. Are you willing to do it? Let me pray for you this morning, and then we're going to close with a special thing today. Father, I come before you, and I thank you for this time to honor the women, the mothers, these special relationships we have before us. God, I think it's a reminder that whether we're mom or whether we're dad or whether we're anywhere in between, we have this, um, we have this opportunity to not try to do it perfectly, not try to, you know, in our own strength, be more kind more patient and all the other things, but simply that, um, God, that we would just develop and deepen our walk with you. I pray for the mothers and the fathers. pray for those who are just stressed out and worn out and about give out. We're just trying to do it in their own strength today. God, I pray that commitments would happen in this place today of just saying, you know what, I'm going to pursue God first. He gets, you, you, God, get first priority in my life, in my day, in my time, in my energy, in my resources, and I'm going to trust you to give me what I need to get through the rest of the stuff of my day. I pray people this morning are wanting to be more loving. I want to be more loving. But help us, teach us to ground ourselves in you. You are love. So that we might be better at showing it to others. God, thank you for this time of blessing and this opportunity to praise your holy name. We pray this by our wonderful, precious Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen.